0: Hi, everyone. Alongside my morning matcha, my other favorite ritual is diffusing Vitruvi's Organic Eucalyptus Essential Oil in their stone diffuser, which is pretty rare to find because nowadays they're all plastic. I'm obsessed with their amazing branding. It looks super cute along my bedside, and I love that their premium quality oils are sourced from over 30 countries and are certified organic when possible. They're the leading digital first essential oils company, which basically means you get premium products at a fraction of the traditional essential oils price because there's no middleman. And with fans like GP and Vogue, they're changing the way essential oils are used and priced. I love Vitruvi for so many reasons, but mostly because their mission is simple. Help you take care of yourself so you can take on the world, which is basically what we're trying to do here at The Fullest and Morning Matcha. So to try Vitruvi for yourself, just use the code Matcha 20 that's all lowercase with two zero, the numbers at the end, so that you can get 20% off your order on vitruvi.com. Enjoy! Mm-hmm. hi everyone welcome to morning matcha today i'm here with jesse Delau, the co-founder of how you glow who's also an art therapist and yoga instructor hi jesse hi love well thanks for coming
1: today my absolute pleasure i'm so happy to be here oh you're so <laughs> sweet
0: Thanks for, by the mm-hmm. way, texting me the other day. That was so nice of you. you oh my God, of When course. you found out, I, I just, it felt so mm-hmm. special to know that you were thinking of me and something that you had just gone through with being
1: pregnant yeah. and having
0: Amelie And
1: Well, I'm so happy for you. And I remember when we were talking, we were hiking and you were saying how you were so excited, like you wanted a family and you wanted to start putting feelers out and start trying, so...
0: And then it, it happened like,
1: quick yeah it happened quick totally. and it's honestly the biggest blessing and most incredible journey and yeah it's it's interesting actually because i feel like i used to hear of people getting pregnant and whenever and i'd be like oh cool you know but now when i hear someone gets pregnant i'm honestly like so deeply like happy for someone and also when i was pregnant and when i had amelie like all the people who reached out to me it really meant something and I think that you really appreciate it when you're going through such like a transitional time yeah and for women to le- reach out to you and be like I'm here for you and so many people did that for me they're like I know it's a really like weird time because there are a lot of like as amazing as it is it's also very um isolating in a way that beginning piece when you're not sharing it with mm-hmm. people
0: Totally. Did you feel that
1: way, like in the beginning?
0: I just am really bad at keeping secrets. Oh, so you didn't <laughs> keep it a secret. <laughs> no, we did for a little bit, but it mm. was really hard. But yeah. um, it's nice to have that period. Mm-hmm. But totally, like, it feels a little. This I've I'm s- normally so open yeah. with everyone, and that's how I connect. And yeah. to have that little it's secret difficult. is weird. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like very sacred in a way. Yeah. Like there's a part of it that's yeah. so special. But like for me, I wasn't feeling good and I wasn't, it wasn't like I had this like awesome feeling that I wasn't sharing. I had this like shitty feeling (laughs) that I wasn't sharing. And I was just like, it was hard to, it was hard to like operate, you know, in the world, not sharing this and feeling so bad. Totally. Did you wait until three months? Yeah. So actually the first day that I found out, um, I called my mom, I, I like so carefree. Like I was so carefree. I called my whole family and told them we were pregnant, even though like I hardly believed in myself, mm-hmm. but cause it was a surprise. We weren't planning it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I found out when I was like six weeks pregnant or something. And then I told friends and you know, everyone else around like, like three, three months. Is that when mm-hmm. people tell people? Yeah. Around average. Then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did whatever like people yeah, say to do. to do, but you know, <laughs> in retrospect um i would have probably told my friends sooner like mm-hmm. i don't see the point in waiting yeah. god forbid something happens like you need your friends you need your support so yeah. i think that like that idea of waiting and being so protective over the information like if someone you love and you care about you know
0: goes through a hard
1: time like yeah, that you, you- want to be there for them so i the second time around i definitely wouldn't wait like i did mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I was reading there's a lot of different views on that. Yeah. And I was reading about that. It's yeah. Well, nice. it's
1: just a matter of like if you want support around that or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So and it's so common to go through, you know, miscarriage, especially early on. Yeah. That yeah. that's why people yeah.
0: keep yeah. it to themselves. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about like obviously your co-founder of how you glow mm-hmm. and you've done such amazing. I mean, on our hike, we had such a great chat and I really learned so much about you. You're an art therapist, yoga instructor. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've done so many amazing things. And I just want to hear kind of about like back when you were younger, how you were, you were grew up on the East coast and Mm -hmm. kind of that transition and what sparked your interest in wellness.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in New York in the suburbs in a place called Westchester. Have you heard of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like 30 minutes from New York City where I grew up in a town called Larchmont. And I had a really lovely childhood there. But, you know, I never had even heard like I'd never gone hiking, really. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't I'd go for nature walks and we'd be, you know, in nature, we live by the water. But and there was I never tried yoga. Like I'd never done any of these things that are so, you know, mainstream and common now. And what really sparked my, um, my love for wellness is when I went to Boulder, Colorado for school. And it's just like, that town is just like buzzing with everything, yeah. you know, like yoga and hiking and, you know, just like an elevated, um, lifestyle there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, pretty extreme as well, but I think that's what really initially drew me in to all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I'm, growing up, my, my mom was really into spirituality. She was reading a million books about actually about manifesting and law of attraction. So our bookshelves were like fil- literally like filled oh with gosh. all of these type of stuff. So my sister and I read a lot of these books. And so both my sister and I, and I have a brother too. He was not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was interested in basketball and things like that. <laughs> but, um, we both read everything that my mom had. We would just read them and it was so that side of things like the spiritual side was there from a very young age and a love of creativity of art making of you know health was there but just i hadn't really been exposed to something to to you know take it to the next level mm-hmm. until college from there i decided i wanted to to be a yoga teacher and i also wanted to be an art therapist and so i got certified in both of those things i went to that's York, such yeah. a specific thing, art therapy. Yeah. Was that a program that they offered? Yeah. So basically art therapy, um, every, like every person who I tell them an art therapist, most people still have no idea what it is. So it's really interesting that it's still such like a niche field, yeah. but it's such an important field in my opinion. And what brought me to that was I was studying art. Um, I've always really been, in, I, I don't find myself to be, you know, an art for like the purpose of ever like selling the art or um, doing anything with the art, I'm all about process. So for me, it's the process of making something is so healing and so therapeutic and so fun and worthwhile and whatever the product is, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's always been how it is for me. Um, and so I decided to study art even though I don't find myself to be particularly, you know, I don't wanna say that I'm not talented, But because that would undermine my belief in everyone being an artist. But, you know, I just I just don't think it has to look one certain way to Mm -hmm. be, you know, to be an artist. But so I studied art in school and I also studied psychology because I'm so interested in the mind and, you know, getting a deeper look into myself and into other people. And um, so I had these two interests and I I saw them to be so separate. And so, like, how do you put these two things together? But then in my art classes, I noticed that. Have you ever been in an art class? No. So at the end of uh, every project that you do, you'll get like an assignment and then you come together and you do a critique. So everyone puts the art up and you all sit together and everyone explains their artwork and gets feedback from everyone else. People will share what it brings up for them, what it reminds them of. And this experience would be like such an emotional, such a sacred and intimate experience of people sharing things that I knew for a fact that they hadn't told like their best friend, you know, and they'd cry and it'd be like this really, really amazing experience of people opening up and using their artwork as a metaphor or a catalyst for this really intimate conversation. And I was like, wow, this is the most therapeutic thing that's going on in my life right now. Yeah. And so I, not joking, I literally Googled like art psychology and then came up and like career as I was nearing the end of college and it came up, you know, art art therapy as a field and there was a couple schools offering it, one of which wow. was in Boulder, and then there was a few in New York and like a couple specialty ones. And I applied to NYU. It was the only one I applied to and I was like, you know, if I get in, it's meant to be. And if not, you know, I'll get certified as a yoga teacher and I'll take that path and so I ended up getting in and that was, oh that was gosh. it. And so I went to, when I graduated, I moved to um, Kripalu. Yeah. You know that place? Yeah. Um, in the Berkshires for a month. Oh, for your yoga teacher uh, training? For my yoga teacher training. And then right when I finished up, started the art Therapy. So it was a really nice transition. transition. Yeah. Wow. And then how long
0: was the program
1: at NYU? So that was, it was a two years master's wow. program. Yeah. And it was really cool because from day, it's a very clinical program. Like every program has a different approach. So some are more like really like studio based in art and you're doing like a lot of art. And this one was really based in experience in the field. So from day one, you're working with clients and I found it to be really amazing to have the yoga background mm-hmm. because yoga training, if anyone's, have you ever done mm-hmm. one? Mm-hmm. It's so therapeutic yeah. as well. Like you're basically trained as a therapist, I yeah. find especially this one was like very deep Mm and like getting to know yourself really well. And so that allowed me to like be very confident in the work that I was doing. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had at least this like deeper understanding of myself. And it also allowed me to, like be paid as an intern because I was a yoga teacher and art therapist. Cool. Which was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did cool. you have patients that were suicidal or like what were they like? And did you ever yeah. feel that you weren't really um qualified to be there? I mean, I, you really like you were saying, yeah. you really have to have an in depth understanding of yourself and really trust yourself. Trust
1: yourself. It's so true. Yeah. So I've worked with people Like uh, up until I had Amelie, I've been working in like high risk treatment centers since that day, since the first um, day of college. So I've been doing it for a while. There's definitely moments where it's very intense and you have to really be like, you know, slow down what you're doing to sort of see what the best approach would be. But usually it's with a team of people. So you're on a team and there's a clinical team. So if something goes down and you're worried about someone, like you alert the team. Mm And it's a team effort. Like everyone's kind of working
0: with that person in a different capacity. And so it's like
1: everyone is coming from a different angle. So the art angle is a very specific one. And usually it's a more like um, nurturing one and not like so direct. You know, it makes people feel at ease and a little bit safer to open up. Usually that's not always the case, but Mm -hmm. I found that it's like a really approachable method of therapy and um because people can use the metaphor of art so they can take their time rather than like such direct talking where it can yeah. be like a little bit scary you know so it's um but there's definitely been like so many crazy situations like crazy crazy situations and i also worked uh, i volunteered like one i think it was in between my um my junior and senior year of college i worked in the psych ward at um wow. Lenox Hill Hospital in New mm-hmm. York and that was really interesting that was really really interesting and some of like the coolest moments of like my art therapy career and that was like before I was even in art therapist. wow
0: yeah have you ever seen Empire no <laughs> the show uh-uh. well one of the sons in the show um has an well like it's art therapy but it's music therapy oh yeah it's and, amazing because he is bipolar. Uh-huh. And I, love what when he would have sessions with her Mm -hmm. I would like just be so interested in it because it's music and art are so healing
1: yeah it's a very and music therapy is amazing I wish I had more musical skill (laughs) to be honest because I feel like music (laughs) therapy is so healing I mean literally you just put on a song and how like transformed your whole day could be from Mm -hmm. just like hearing one song um for better or for worse sometimes you know but Um, To be able to actually like engage with the materials and whether it's art or music. And yeah, it's just, it's very, very um, humbling to be in that position of helping someone just reveal themselves to themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and be the witness for that and to share something that's difficult to share. Mm -hmm. So it's really, yeah, it's cool. So in LA, I've been working at treatment centers. Um, So it's sober living houses and... You know, centers that uh, oftentimes it's addiction, but with addiction, there's all these co-occurring disorders, you know, so depression, anxiety, um, you know, really, you name it, eating disorders, yeah, bipolar disorder, all those things. Um, and I've taken a little break, like I said, and in that time I've started to do manifesting sessions with people. And it's interesting because the manifesting sessions I've been doing on the phone and, It was really in the beginning, I was like, how can I best use what I have to offer? You know, I don't want to be going to the treatment centers all the time right now. Um, Yeah. And so I also, you know, teach yoga and only one-on-one clients usually or workshop-based. And the yoga is mixed with art therapy. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. (laughs) The yoga... Cause I found that a lot of people are like, I'm not an artist, like, no way. I'm not going to like, like, what if I make something and it's like ugly or like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like a kid, you know, I don't know how, how to do anything. And yoga is such an amazing precursor to the art making. Cause it just, <clears throat> excuse me, allows your senses to open up. open up and it allows your inhibitions to soften and puts you into more of a dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. And I do a guided meditation and aromatherapy and all these things to let you arrive at a place where you're just not judging what you're doing. Yeah. And focusing on the process and enjoying the process rather than being self-conscious and being held back. And I feel like that's when you're in the flow of your life in general is when mm-hmm. you can take away like oh my gosh, am I going to fail? Am I going to mess up? Am I going to not do this right? And just be with what is and enjoy the process. It's mm-hmm. like such a metaphor, you know? Like if you can just enjoy the process and forget about what it's going to look like when how it's going to turn out. Um you know, then you reap the benefits and you actually enjoy the present
0: moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So have you done any workshops lately?
1: I've done a lot of like one-on-one sessions doing the yoga and the art. I've done workshops doing it. I used to do it at love yoga. I did a retreat in Bali where it was yoga and art therapy, which was amazing, which was actually something that I always wanted to do and put on a list and One of my manifesting lists and it occurred and I was like, wow, that's a big one because I'd never led any yoga retreat before and for it to be in Bali for the first one. So much work to put that together. It wasn't even it wasn't it just happened like so easily and so organically. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, what you ask for will come, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what I was saying was when I um, had Amelie and I was wanting to be more at home for a little while and really appreciative of just where my life had taken me, like all these unexpected twists and turns that had landed me in a really, really beautiful situation um, that I'm really grateful for. And I was thinking how to help other people achieve whatever it is, their heart desires and Mm -hmm. their goals are for themselves. And so I just literally was taking a walk on the beach with Amelie and I was feeling just like, you know, when you're just feeling like it's just so incredibly grateful in a moment and you're just, like it's everything is sparkling and you're just so happy and um, things just come to you. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do manifesting sessions with people. I'm going to help people to create the life of their dreams. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I literally went home and I texted Brian, my husband, and I said, What do you think of this? And he didn't respond because he's at work. (laughs) And before he could get home from work, I had something like posted on Instagram like that I'm offering. He's like, wow, he's like, good for you, like just going for it. And I was like, you know what? I just I have a strong feeling that I'd be really good at this. Like people have always told me that I'm really good at manifesting. And I've proven to myself time and time again that I'm able to create a goal or an intention and bring it to fruition. And I was wondering why, like, why am I able to do that? You know, and why does it come more easily to some people than it does for other people? And so that's been the study. And that's been the really interesting thing for me to be able to coach people and shift people's thinking and help them to unravel whatever it is that's holding them back. Cause we really do all have the potential. Mm-hmm. It's just some people, um, Walk have some those. undoing mm-hmm. to do before they can you know, let things flow and be in that flow, yeah, well, especially with your experience working with people already, yeah,
0: through yeah. yoga and yeah, the psychology mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And then also, like you're saying, when you're in alignment with what absolutely with yourself and yeah, in the flow of the universe, that's when it comes to you. But I remember reading this one book and the analogy was I think it was like one of the Esther Hicks books uh-huh. and it's like, it's not that it's like, just turn on the light. Yeah. Like the light is there. You're just like letting it turn. Exactly. It's like,
1: take away the the blinds, you know, Mm -hmm. like unshield yourself because it's already there. Yeah. Which is such a cool concept. It's really like trippy to think about that. I know. But I think about that too, about the thing that you said about being in alignment with who you are, because I think a lot of the blocks that people have and what I found, I'm learning as I go. You know, mm-hmm. each session that I have, I like, I'm kind of like making parallels between everyone. And there are so many parallels. And that's the coolest thing because I talk to people from all over. I'm like, wow, this person's dealing with the exact same thing as this other person yeah. across the country, you know, in different random towns. You know, it's really cool. But I think that sometimes people have these goals for themselves or these intentions for themselves that doesn't actually match their soul's calling, but it's to, Please other people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and they don't even realize it. it's to please their mom, mm-hmm. to please their dad, to please their partner, this like outside version of what they are supposed to be and like what they think will look really amazing and make them seem super successful. Yeah. And they've ignored because they've had to ignore like what they actually want mm-hmm. to fit in the box of where they are in their life. So it's like taking a step back and reassessing why am I working towards this? Why am I unhappy? And then re, you know, renegotiating your own terms and saying like, I have a choice with the life that I want to create and I don't have to have the life that my mom wants me to have. And I think people are stuck on that, like way later in life than you would expect, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that you're, you
0: were sharing with me a little bit about your story with what brought you out to LA yeah, yeah. and then like how it turned into meeting Brian and I think, that's really nice because you have the experience of like following mm-hmm. something but it didn't turn out right away to be exactly what you were thinking. But exactly. Do you want to share a little bit of yeah, so that? Yeah, so
1: when I was living in New York, really um, was really happy. Like I, like I said, I was in grad school. I hadn't lived in the city in Manhattan before you know i came from boulder and lived there and i was really like enjoying it my life was really fun i had a boyfriend at the time you know i just saw myself like you know living in new york for a while it seemed like a great a great place to live and i had a great community my family everything and then one day the guy i was dating he was really like worked up and he was like i have this job offer in la and like regardless like i'm going to take it and he was like very very worked up cuz He really wanted me to come with him and he made that very clear, but he also made it very clear that like, if I didn't come, he was still going to go. So it was this very big fork in the road for me. And I was just finishing up grad school. I didn't have an apartment, like some, I had this crazy situation. Oh my God, it's a whole other story with my, (laughs) the roommate that I had was like in a cult and then all this crazy stuff happened. And then I had to move Oh my god! And it was so wild. So I basically had no apartment. Like I was like subletting a friend's apartment. I had no ties. Nothing was holding me back. I just finished, you know, everything that I had going on had just wrapped up. And so I had this moment. I was like, do I, like, I thought LA was going to be the worst. I thought it was gonna be the most superficial place. Like I just thought of Hollywood and thought of like the antithesis of everything that I stand for. Yeah. I'd never really like experienced the LA that I know now. And, yeah. um, I remember, so I, I wrote about this for you, I, mm-hmm. or I think I told you guys that I had a, a session with my mom. Mm-hmm. So my mom had just become a life coach and she just had started and she's just sort of like, you know, testing it out on me a little bit. And she, she was like, can I do a session with you and see, and my mom, you know, my mom would do anything for me to stay in New York. Yeah, Like she <laughs> lives for her kids. She just wants Aww. her family around her. But she was like, I'm going to do like a totally unbiased session with you and I want you to follow your heart and like what's really going to be right for you. So she did this whole session that, you know, there was a a graph of all the different areas of my life. And she asked me and I, I told her in the session, I was like, I, you know, I I see myself being happiest in a creative atmosphere in nature. You know, I see a beach. I see like being madly in love. I see, you know. like teaching yoga on the beach and like you know just having like beautiful food and healthy things all around me being vibrant and like painting this picture in my mind and you know everything pointed to like you got to move to LA like Mm -hmm. everything that you want is way more likely to be found there than it is here like as sad as it makes me she was like you you really should go and so I went and I moved to West Hollywood and I lived with the ex-boyfriend who was my boyfriend at the time for Mm -hmm. a while. And I loved LA. I started How You Glow with Tara and it was just, everything was flowing. I really loved it. Like loved. And how did you build that community when you came here? Well, I was so lucky because the ex-boyfriend was from LA. And so he had tons of friends and he was, you know, such a great guy. He introduced me to everyone. And it was really, it was Mm -hmm. really easy for me to meet people. So I got really lucky in that sense. Cause I think if you move to LA from a different city, it can be a challenging yeah. place, you know. But I actually loved it. And you started how you glow. I started how you glow, you know. I really was enjoying myself. And then um, a few years later, when, you know, <laughs> I, I, everything I thought was perfect, you know, out of the blue, at the moment it felt out of the blue the boyfriend broke up with me and like really, really was hard, you know, it was like, wow, "Wow, like I didn't see this coming. like my world kind of flipped upside down and, you know, it was another crossroads. Like, do I move? Do I like, what should I do? You know? And it was very clear to me in that moment that LA had become home, you know? And so I stayed and I got a new apartment. And like what also was revealed to me was that like, how much I loved LA and my happiness was so much coming from me and not from the relationship. Yeah. You know, it was really mm-hmm. interesting when once that was gone after the initial awful, terrible heartbreak, uh, you know, I was really happy again. And like, I was in my flow and like traveling and like living this experience that I hadn't really gotten of LA. Yeah, And then I met Brian, I met Brian seven months later and it was just I, so cheesy, but like coming home, you know, it was like, this is my person and I would have never, ever, ever, ever expected to meet someone. Like I was like, Oh, I'm never getting married. Like, like does true love doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, you know, all these things. Like, I was just like, this is like, it's too crazy out there. Like what just happened was too much, you know? And, and I, I just trusted though, that I'd be okay no matter what, you yeah. know, like I could I was totally content on my own. And I think I'd actually, I remember I took a trip to Nicaragua. Have you ever been to Madaris village? No. Oh, it's so much fun. It's great. I've heard amazing things <clears throat> it's really about fun. it. Yeah. When I remember, so Tara and I went there for like a week and it was one of my many like crazy adventures during this single time. But I remember like there was one night we were all, you know, talking under the stars really late and talking about like our true, like what, what we truly wanted. But you so rarely, like, open up about, yeah. like, what you truly want. And I remember saying, like, out loud, I was like, I'd like to meet my soulmate. You know, like, kind of admitting to myself, like, I actually do believe in that. And I actually do want that. Even though it's, like, scary.
0: Yeah. And you were, like, wanting to protect yourself yeah. by thinking that it's exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then I think I got home from that trip and literally, like, met him. That's and, so crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy.
0: And then uh, you like how long
1: after that did you get pregnant with Amelie? So we, yeah. So, so Brian and I met on a dating app called Raya. Have you heard of it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've heard, Well, cause
1: I, someone that I work with wants to right, be cause on Cause you it. probably yeah. surpassed that yeah, with yeah. your relationship. Mm-hmm. But so this dating app called Raya, it was in beta mode. So there's only like 20 people on it. And I knew someone who started it and he was like, Hey, you're single. I was out one night with like, the founder and like the founder's roommate and a few girlfriends and everyone at the table was single. So everyone joined in. And I think, I really think we were all the first people on it. So it was just like literally,
0: fit- it's like Tinder style, yeah. but like way better.
1: Cause it's like cool people. It's for creatives. Yeah, creatives. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the Soho house of dating apps, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it was hilarious. Cause it was just these people like that I knew at this table that were on it. But slowly, like every day, like a few more would trickle on. But it was still beta; like it didn't even. It was kind of like dodgy. It didn't really work. You didn't have to pay for it, any of that. And how it worked is it's a it's a montage connected to a song. So you choose a song, and then there's lots of photos that you connect to it, and you're watching like a video of someone to with the a song. song that yeah, they pick. Exactly, That's so cute. Yeah, it's actually really it's fun. And I remember seeing Brian, and I remember exactly where I was. I think I was in my parents' house and I was with my sister. And I was like, this guy is so cute. Like, who is this guy? (laughs) And um, it was literally like him eating guacamole, chocolate (laughs) chip cookies. It was him with his mom, all these things. And (laughs) they're like little Snapchat videos. No, it's just like like a photo photo. montage. Oh my gosh. And yeah. And then, you know, we matched whatever. And then, so we went on our first date, you know, a few weeks later and then, I'm not kidding, after our first date, he t- his mom told me that he called her and said he met his wife. Oh, my god! And after our second date, I called my mom and said I met my husband. Whoa. And actually, our second date was at Temescal, the um, the hike that we went yeah. on together. And, yeah, and then we we moved in together fairly quickly, even though I was, like, scared to do so because I'd been, like, you know. So we actually pumped the brakes a little bit, but we still moved really quicker Overall, than most people. yeah. Yet. And then uh we he proposed after 11 months of the first day that we met and then we got married 6 months later and then we got pregnant on our honeymoon. So oh my gosh. it all just like rolled out and yeah, it's such a trip because we just celebrated our 1 year wedding anniversary in October and you know, Amelie was only a couple months old. Oh. So crazy.
0: Yeah, so you like that experience makes you want to help other people with the whole manifestation session process.
1: Yeah, because I'll say like, I think that, so when that experience happened to me with the breakup, I could have done two things. I could have either like really like isolated and been like, oh, I don't want to date anyone. Like, you know, been bitter or like bitter towards my ex. And instead it was the opposite. I really had a deep respect for my ex for breaking up with me because he could have just like, if it wasn't working, he could have just kept it going. Right. Mm -hmm. But he freed me and he freed himself, which is really like a noble thing to do. Yeah. So I, after the initial, you know, like dealing with it, I'd say it was just like a few weeks of like, really like not being able to like, you know, move forward. But after, you know, accepting it, I didn't, um, I didn't resist. I let it happen and I let it, things open up. And the world opened up to me in like the most incredible way. And I think any big major thing that comes into someone's life is someone's biggest opportunity and biggest teacher. So even the most painful thing, the most seemingly like terrible thing is the thing that's going to like open you up and you can either resist it and push it away and close up or you can open to it. And like, be grateful for it, even as horrible as it seems, be grateful Mm -hmm. for it. And the world opens up and it's in these moments of like, complete, like, like lack of control that the world like is your oyster, you Mm know, and it's when you feel the most alive as well. And it's like those really charged times where we can miss out on such an opportunity if we're like so closed off or we're staying in the past. So I think that I actually am really proud of myself, uh, how I handled a, that situation. And I think because of it, I was rewarded like tenfold with like just abundance in every aspect of my life in like what I, what I view as my soul's, you know, highest intention. Mm-hmm. And I think that people with a little bit of guidance, you know, cause it's not easy. It's not easy to not resist like, a, a hard thing, something that's changing you and um setting you in a different direction. Yeah.
0: I just kept thinking of Amelie too and how <laughs> special it is to raise a woman. Yeah. And yeah, um and share that with a girl that's yeah. gonna turn into a lovely woman. I and know it's crazy. Hopefully
1: get them out of all the self doubt and stuff right. that we go through because you know what I've learned like the, the one common thing I've learned from talking to all these different people is and I know this isn't you know rocket science and I know this is a lot of people already know this but a feeling of not being worthy is really the basis for any block mm-hmm. if it boils down to it and it's based in like in this fear-based energy like, even go like to Marianne Williamson I'm sure you've mm-hmm. you know read some of her stuff yeah. it's either love or fear and that's what we're operating yeah. from. And it's such a brilliant concept because it is so simple like that. It's like the frequency of fear, which is all of those emotions like guilt or which is a lot of people what's blocking them is guilt. Like I don't deserve more. I don't deserve to like thrive at my highest. Like I already have so much. Um like lack of confidence and security, all these like low vibration, fear-based um, energy blocks, you know, things from opening up and blossoming and being their most fruitful. Whereas the love energy, like just abundance and openness and freedom and spaciousness, all these things that's just like opening and allowing things to flow. Mm -hmm. And so if you think, if you're ever blocked and you're like, what am I closing up rather than opening? And it's honestly interesting if you think about getting pregnant, right? It's like, you have to be open mm-hmm. to get pregnant. You have to be receptive. You have to be like blossoming and in that love energy. Cause when you're closed off, um, I mean, obviously there's exceptions. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like if you're afraid of not getting all these things, it can really inhibit. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you do any feng shui or are you into it? I'm at a all? big believer in yeah. that, to be honest. I mean, Our home right now is kind of ridiculous because Amelie has taken over (laughs) in the best way. I mean, it's just we live in like a really funky little beach house that we love. And we're so so obsessed with it. But it's just funny to see it transition with a baby, you know. (laughs) I want to hear all about that. Yeah, it's actually (laughs) well, so it's funny because so we sleep up in a loft, Brian and I, which is like a ladder that goes up to this, you know, second story and we've done that you know always even until the day I had omni. so I'm like nine months pregnant going up going up this ladder and, and everyone up. my mom was like you better not be sleeping in that cell." and I was like don't worry I'm not like I, I as I'm like climbing up yeah. and down like and you know when I had a c-section so I had to stay so I think the best advice I could give you about a nursery is if you have the space for it, have a bed in the nursery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. Like
0: a regular bed. Like a real so bed. So you could sleep
1: there. Yeah. It's like such a game changer. Also just for nursing, if you plan on nursing. I know everyone mm-hmm. says to get a chair, but then you can't like, like Brian's also yeah. in the bed and it's just like, it's like this family bed. But it's Amelie's room. So she's always been used to sleeping in her room, and it's Amelie's room. And now we have, like, our room, and there's Amelie's room. Mm-hmm. And even we still lay in the bed down there all together. It's mm-hmm. really nice. So I really suggest that. But um, so our our house is really funky uh, just in that sense that, like, there's the ladder. And that's really it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty great, um, but it's just covered in Amelie's, like just all toys yeah, all her her stuff. We just got these amazing mats because we realized we're like, we haven't really put her on the ground very much because it's a wooden floor. And we're like, you know, we don't want her to hurt herself. So we just got these really amazing mats they are by this company called cream house and they're fluffy. They're like big, thick mats and you can, they're Velcro. So you can piece them together in all these different shapes. And the second we put her down, she starts like crawling and rolling over. We're like, we've been like inhibiting our child from doing stuff. So uh, that's another thing I'll say is like, get them a space on the ground to,
0: to move around. And I, and yeah, yeah, I met this other family that the mom was like, I don't care what my house looks like. I just want <laughs> it to be safe. And she has like, it's like puzzle pieces ah, almost on all the ground. over like the, gra- the map. That's those things. Yeah. yeah. They're I'm like sure your colors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So we had have- these like pastel pink ones are really cute. <laughs> They're really really cute. And yeah, it just makes it s- safe. It makes it safe. Yeah, exactly. You trust them. Yeah, and then of course we have like some Fisher-Price like very hideous, you know, neon <laughs> stuff that I'm like um, you know, it's not my favorite, but anything that makes her smile and anything that makes her like light up. It's like of course it can come into the house, you know. Yeah. So we're just sort of like more plastic. Okay, like <laughs> It's not the best, but... Yeah, it's yeah. what things are made of exactly. right now. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, the Fisher-Price stuff, there's a reason that they're in business. Like, mm-hmm. like, the stuff is actually really stimulating to the babies. They love it.
0: That's so, cool. What else yeah. do you think is, like, super stimulating?
1: Um, It's... You really don't need much. Hands are amazing. Like, they love your hands. Like if I do itsy bitsy spider to her, she's obsessed. Like anytime Aww. she's crying, if I'm like <laughs> itsy bitsy, she's just like, whoa, like that's so crazy. This little shaker that I have that I got um, as a gift and actually a couple people gave it to me as a gift. So I have a bunch of, I probably have it, I'm not joking, in my bag right now. And it's like, I don't leave home without it. It's this little Maraca, African Maraca. And the second she hears it again, she's just like Aww. calm. It's so anything that distracts them. And- have you flown with her yet? Many times. That's like, how old was she when you first were <laughs> um, with her? Well, we went to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we drove that time. We did a big road trip with her mm-hmm. that time. And then we went to Austin, Texas was her first flight, which was pretty quick. And then New York, which was longer. And then we just went to Mexico, which was also quick. Cool. The quick flights are much better than the long flights. Mm-hmm. And traveling with a baby is very different. And still just getting used to it. But <laughs> I'd rather, I'd always rather have her with me than not. Yeah so even if it's more difficult like it's just it's it's better all around because I think that I'm not I'm honestly not ready to like not be near her yet yeah totally Uh, did you like strap her to yourself yeah how was the fourth trimester it was it's so interesting to reflect back on it because it feels like it was just like yesterday but it's also like a long time ago now and it's funny because when I was going through it it felt very easy. But as I think back to it, I realized it was really hard. And yeah. it's I mean, you were fun. healing. Yeah. Right? And, and I, then, yeah, it was really intense. And there was a lot of things going on with my body, like that I didn't know would go on. Yeah. So with the C-section, you're healing, like you can barely walk for the first little while, which is intense in itself. Um I saw
0: like some post on Surya Spa. Oh yeah. Like sending food and I was like, that is So goals. Surya
1: Spa, <laughs> they have this service called Surya Mother Baby. And so Marta, um, who is Surya Spa she came with her mom and they do, they did a forehanded massage. Oh my And I was like, gosh. what about Amelie? Like, what if she cries? Cause at that point she was still like needing to eat all the time. They're like, Oh, we've got it. Like if she cries, like we'll take care of her. Like you don't have to worry about anything, which was the best thing in the whole world. Cause at that point I didn't have a babysitter or anything. I'd never had anyone help yeah. me yet. They did this amazing massage and it's really interesting because I don't know if you know, but you bleed after you have a baby. Yeah, so that like during birth or no, afterwards, like you bleed afterwards. So that's part of it that no one really tells you, but yeah. and some people more than others, you know. And and I for like for weeks? like it depends, every person's different. Oh my gosh, and um, I didn't realize that that would happen even if you have a c section. Like when I when my doctor told me that, I was like, wow, like I'm so, I I'd never thought thought about that or heard of that. Yeah. So you bleed afterwards, almost like a period, Mm -hmm. but it's just the fluid that's coming out and and getting out of you. But I think vaginal birth, a lot of it comes out like during During. the birth. And I think C-section that it doesn't have that opportunity. So it comes out like a little bit more slowly Mm -hmm. or something like that. Anyways, um, some people have more than others. I actually didn't have that much bleeding, but I noticed that with Surya, with her massage, it like released a lot of it that was stuck and it was so incredible. Like it was really, I think, a treatment that everyone should like should have. I don't know whether people have access to like some sort of Ayurvedic massage during... Yeah. It should be something that people do because if you think about it, what if that doesn't come out? Like I was yeah. thinking like if I hadn't had this massage, like what you that know wouldn't <laughs> yeah. You know? It was really crazy. And then there was another amazing friend of mine named desiree who now has a baby but she her business is called mama seuss and she came oh. over to and gave me a massage she, and that's her business mama seuss yeah it, she's oh, amazing nice. and actually she was pregnant when she came oh. i was like i feel guilty that you're like yeah. giving me a massage you're pregnant i was like shouldn't i give you a massage and she's like oh please like she's like i'm doing like three massages a day like i've got wow. this She's awesome,
0: but... Um, That's cool.
1: Is yeah. it, like,
0: on, like, an app thing? Or you, like, give um, them a call? No, or? she just has her own business.
1: That's nice. Yeah, but she's really wonderful. And I and I don't know if she's back up and working yet because she just did have a baby. But, yeah, so I think looking back on it, also, like, the breastfeeding. Yeah, I want to hear about the food thing. So breastfeeding is a full-time job <laughs> if you are breastfeeding. and And once you have the baby, it's, like... Then there's some days where... Honestly, you just, like, don't feel like you did anything else but breastfeed, like, the entire day, and you go a little <laughs> insane. And you're just like, <laughs> What did you do today, breastfeed? <laughs> Literally, because there'll be days when they go through these, like, growth spurts where they just cluster feed, and they just want to feed all day long. And you're just like, I can't do it anymore. You're just like, yeah. so—and you wish you could just hand them off, but you're the only person who can do it. So it's all on you. So it's a lot. But it, it's interesting because at the time, it all— It's just like, you're so amazed by this um, person that like, even like the hardest thing, you don't even care. It's the craziest, you know, you're just, or everyone's experience is different. So I'll just speak for myself that it felt manageable. Like even the most difficult things felt manageable. But when I think back on it now, I'm like, holy shit, that was hard. Mm -hmm. You know, that was intense. And There's also hormones in play that make you able to do it. And that was a huge shock for me. And again, every single person's different. So I don't know what anyone else's experience is like, but for me, the hormones made me like able to, you know, wake up anytime in the night. I was just like very alert, very energetic, like very ready. And I had this surge of just like, maternal instincts that comes on that i never i'm the person who like wants to stay in bed late i just like want to relax you know and it's like how am i gonna have a baby how am i gonna like be you know there, there all the time and it just happens like it's beyond it's it's beyond wow. me it's the just like body is it's so, so incredible but i will say amazing. that like almost seven months in like that's sort of dying down, like, down. and like, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired. I need oh. a hit. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm exhausted. Like last night she didn't sleep that well because she's going through, there's these things called leaps that these developmental leaps where literally their brain just sort of like everything explodes and then comes back together because well, they're like learning a new thing. And so their whole, you know, mind is just like expanding and then has to like come back together and integrate So in that time, they don't sleep as well. And last night was one of those nights. And so luckily, Brian's so amazing. And he totally, like, shares the responsibility with me. But I feel like sometimes he picks up more of the slack because, like, I'm just, like, a little bit, like, more exhausted than he is. (laughs) But in the beginning, I was, like, really holding it down. So it's nice to, like— To have both. Yeah, Yeah. and you go through ebbs and flows, you know, like, and the other person has to hold it down for you. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I think that's a huge part of enjoying— being a parent is having a partner that is help, like a help, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that understands that it's like a, it's a family affair, you mm-hmm. know? Cause I think a lot of the time the mom ends up with like most of the work waking up in the night and the dad's like, you got this, you know? And I think that that, that would be r- way too hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is, should be illegal. <laughs> I know. It's just
1: way too hard. You, have
0: you heard of the snoo? Yeah, we have one. You, and yeah. how does it work? Because
1: my Laurel has one and, and she swears obsessed. by it. Yeah. I know. So this new... Honestly, Amelie hated it. Oh my I gosh. I wish I could say that she liked it. But I think, you know, we, we still have it because it's very beautiful. Yeah. And we... We used it as a stand for her bassinet. That's cool. So we just once we realized she really hated it. I felt bad putting her in it. It looked like she was like in a straight jacket, and she would just <laughs> I know, like, it like freaks me out. And when she I would just it. like cry, and I'd be like, "Is she gonna stop?" I'd give it like a couple minutes. Maybe she, it, this is like the you know Initial, storm before yeah. the calm. But she just really despised it. So. I ended up just using it for her bassinet, so she would sleep in there, and it made like a very beautiful, very chic bassinet holder. Totally,
0: yeah. Because it's supposed to help you sleep through the
1: night, unless they really need something, right? Like, but- I don't see how it's possible, though. Like, I don't really get. I know that Laure- Laurel used it for a while, and so did Claire. You know, her friend Claire. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. She. <laughs> <laughs> she hated it and also i found that if you're gonna travel with them like you want them to be like you know not dependent on oh, these things like thing. that like especially like a bulky thing that you can't bring so less is really more and i realized that that's something that i'll, I'll implement with our next child is that like we did all these like we would swaddle her and swaddling is really really great in the beginning but someone told me like don't like at three months like take the swaddle off i'm like no she won't be able to sleep trust me she needs her swaddle like <laughs> like let me try it took it off and she slept better than ever that's when she really started sleeping through the night because she could make herself comfortable she could like move around and you know i think that we think that they need this certain thing but we don't give them credit for like being adaptable and like yeah s- also it's like we rock them to sleep and like you can just put them in their crib and they might cry for like two minutes and then they'll fall asleep mm-hmm. it's that initial like letting go yeah
0: totally yeah. like letting them cry it out and figure it out too
1: right and like, and like just them you know exploring you know they need to explore different ways of doing something if you're always like attached the same way like, it really holds them back i think mm-hmm. you know that
0: actually reminds me of i recently interviewed this ac- uh fertility specialist acupuncturist mm-hmm. who is based in new york mm-hmm. she's opening up a practice here her name's dr julie vaughn
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but I was telling her, and this like actually goes into birth control and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that women should have access to birth control and it should be their decision. But I also have this part of me that is really against like the birth control pill. Uh Like I was on it, Uh but it really like messed me up and it's like fake hormones and all these things. But then at the same time, if I like had a daughter, Mm -hmm. I want her to be safe and I don't want her to... And she said something and it really struck me because mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, what if they're not, um, cause if you're not like, I track my cycle, mm-hmm. but if you're, what not, if regular, you're not regular yeah. or what if you're like 12 years old and right, you're not gonna, right. and she's like, it's true and everyone's different, but like we we're really doing our kids a disservice by not trusting them with their own.
1: That's and that's really I was
0: interesting. Just like, I love that perspective because wow. it kind of goes into what you're saying too. We're saying swaddle the kid or swaddle the baby. Obviously, it's a really important thing to do, but if you do it forever. Yeah, exactly. If you get so tied up in like controlling the yeah. environment and the fear yeah. that they're going to like pass away because they
1: slept on right, the wrong right, spot right. or. Right. Yeah, and know letting go. That initial, like, that. that initial is so scary. I remember when we first put her in her crib. And she didn't have the swaddle and she was like rolling onto her belly. I would literally like yeah. wash her I'd be like, I couldn't sleep. I was just like, and I had anxiety around it, but still so, like, you're going to have anxiety for the first bit and mm-hmm. just, you know, slowly over time, you, you see that they're fine and they're learning. And yeah, that's, that's probably going to be the craziest part about being a parent is that letting go. And I, I think about that a lot because I was brought up in a house where kind of like anything went, like we didn't have a lot of rules. Yeah. and you know I dodged a lot of bullets luckily because I think I'm very like I have a good head on my shoulders like I I know I come from a good family I don't want to like I know right from wrong you know Mm -hmm. but but I also am very experimental and very like curious and so this interesting like I think I'm better for having that freedom and that space to figure things out on my own but it terrifies me of giving my daughter, that same yeah. space. So it's like this, like, oof, how do you navigate that? And I give my parents so much credit for just like being chill and trusting. Totally. I am the youngest of three. So I think that has a lot to do with it, but yeah, you they're, know, like, by the they're time. like by the time, but like, it's such a crazy thing. It's such a crazy world. And I know, I feel like I'm going to be so controlling. But if you think about it, think about all the parents that are controlling, like their kids are the ones sneaking out and being like, you know, going nuts. So it's Like by the time they get to college, (laughs) they're like binge drinking because they could never do that. Exactly, like in my house, we had wine at dinner, like even when I was young, you know, like it was very European in that sense. And we we just had a lot of um, independence and I think it was so cool. I really enjoyed that. And I want to be somewhere in between, in between. Yeah. i think i think i don't know if i'll be that cool but i want to be <laughs> i i want to be
0: <laughs> but you i will be, be. Yeah, cuz your know.
1: philosophy around life is that way and
0: yeah. i'm sure like as we get older we'll just yeah be softer
1: yeah yeah it's i think um i think it now just seeing a precious little baby it's like this instinct of just wanting to protect and it's supposed to be that way cuz they're so fragile And they're so helpless. Like they need you. Exactly. So I think that as time goes on and as they get more independent, like that also evolves and shifts in us. And I think that it's like that for everything, right? It's like, we're given this feeling because we need it. Um, And that's the part about like the hormonal thing. It's so fascinating, you know? And like what I was saying before, before we, you know, it started Mm -hmm. is it's like, we have this nine month gestation period to get ready. And then we have like three months of like, you know, the fourth trimester to like just assimilate back and like the baby's not moving very much. We're just sort of like, you know, easing into it. And then like they start growing up, they start. And then life is just like, I don't know. It's just like, it goes so quickly and like all these different stages, but we're always ready for it whenever it happens. Like we're always ready for that stage somehow. Well, it's like you're manifesting,
0: um, sessions, right? What you were saying about your, Basically, you're
1: given what you can handle. Yes. And it's all about how we how we open up to what's presented, because we don't really have control over the things that are presented, but we have complete control over how we respond and how we react and how we perceive it. And in any given situation, if we meet it with gratitude and openness and, you know, like possibility, then it can turn into something really amazing, but if we resist it, and then the lesson just keeps coming up in different forms, and then we're like constantly presented with it, and it gets worse and worse and worse. It's a cycle. And then, yeah, and we're stuck. Yeah. So it's a really amazing thing to be able to recognize, like, oh, this is coming up, and this is how I want to consciously respond.
0: Yeah. And it's empowering to know that mm-hmm. you can
1: mm-hmm. shift something by changing your perspective on it. It's the coolest thing I think ever. Yeah. I actually had a session with someone yesterday at the beach because with someone person. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I wish I would do one with you if you want. Oh my It'd gosh. Cool I'd love being that. it be yeah. awesome. Yeah. I only do it if, you know, if people around, mm-hmm. you know, it's not very often, but, and I bring the crystals sometimes to the beach and, during the session and she asked why I brought the crystals and I said, because the crystals hold an energy, you know, and it's like to infuse it with that energy. So the rose quartz the energy of love and the, you know, citrine energy of like happiness, prosperity. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was like, you know, what's so cool is that, you know, these, these crystals are fixed energy and they're like a source of stable energy, but we are unfixed and our energy is ever changing. And we have that malleability to be able to transform like our being like we can be and it's so cool because you literally feel it with someone like someone could come in and be like in a really bad place and you'll just feel this like dark totally or someone will come in and they'll be like whoa like this girl is like or this guy is like really like feeling good and like just like a bright light around them and how awesome is that you know we
0: can that as human beings we can feel that that's so we were just looking at a meme like cracking up because there was this one meme that was like when you're texting someone and you feel their bad vibes
1: like right. through the text. you can totally like it's so true you know that someone's pissed at you it's so true and like and then you try to go back and be like oh it was just a loss in translation no. you're like no you like feel it or and i yeah. and i've been guilty of that too i've had yeah, bad vibes over text, totally. like when i'm pissed off you know what i mean but you definitely feel it it doesn't change it's all about the intention behind anything someone feels your intention
0: yeah. You know, it's so true. I yeah. think it's
1: real I mean, it's like that's why aliens exist, basically.
0: <laughs> and they have to. Yeah, no, it's true. Because
1: like we're all energy. It's so true. I know it's really a trip when you think about that. But how cool is that? Like if we know that we can transform our energy and you know that like we have this form that we're in that we can also transform by what we eat, by what yeah. we do, by who we see, the environment that we're in. So we can, tr- we can transform like our shape and our, you know, container yeah more or less like to just be the best it can be. yeah And we can also totally transform the essence in- of ourselves yeah. and how we reach other people. And, you know, if we're talking about law of attraction, you know, if you want to be at that high frequency to attract that, you know, to pull in all mm-hmm. the goodness and all the things that you want to be. And you want to feel it's like so cool to know that you can do that by consciously deciding to, and it's mm-hmm. like an everyday situation type of thing. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I notice that anytime, like I've, I've gotten in a fight with Brian, it's because either of us are coming from like a different energetic place. And yeah. it's like, we're not on the same plane not on the same level. Know? And once you can recognize that it's like, it's not about anything other than the energy being off, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's totally. like, if you're coming from a stressful day, and you come home and, like, your energy is a little off, like, the other person is going to feel it. They're going to, like, respond to that. Their energy is going to be affected to that. So if you're, if you're aware of your own energy and you can, like, really harness it, you'll just vibe with everyone. Totally. You know?
0: We were recently doing a sound bath at the shop. And one thing... Have you done a sound bath with Cassia before? I haven't, oh. no. Well, she was with Farmer Dave, who does it with her sometimes. Huh. And he... Is just amazing if you ever get an experience doing a sound mm-hmm. bath with them or experiencing one. But he was saying basically, if you, because, okay, like the food you eat and the sound current you're in. So you can come home and listen to the same sound current or sing a tune to the same song and then like your energies align. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Like a couple, you mean? Yeah. Anyone, like a friend, a couple, huh. your um, wow. employees. like That's so interesting. And, like, that's why when you eat
1: the same meal, like, you're on the same that's level. That's so true. And I, I 100% feel that. that way. Yeah. It is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. And that's why a family, like, when a family comes together for a meal, it's, so it's like the most sacred thing, you yeah. know? Or just anyone coming together. But, like, when that's the ritual, when you come together and you're in the same space and there's, like... You know, candlelight and yeah. maybe good music, and that experience put everyone puts everyone at an even playing field. So true. Yeah. So
0: it is interesting because when you notice that there's a shift in energy, yeah. but there's nothing
1: wrong. It's just like you feel exactly. You just places. feel it, and you and you're like, oftentimes like, why are we not? It's like, oh, because you just came from this world. I just came from this world. Yeah. And that's another thing with the manifesting sessions. It's like a lot of people. Let's say someone's like having trouble, like attracting. Let's say attracting love, and being aware of your energy and what you put out. Let's say on a date, you know, could be the difference between, you know, finding the right partner and not. Because sometimes, like, people can be. I find like a lot of women can be very picky, very judgmental, and even if they don't know whether they like the person or not, they're they're coming in with that attitude. Like, is this going to fit this, 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 and this? Mm-hmm. That's on my list or whatever. It's like. That just sends bad vibes to yeah. the other person, you know, like if someone feels like they're being evaluated or judged, like it just closes off openness totally. and connection. But if you come in a blank slate and open and, you know, just wanting to have fun, no expectations, that energy just like creates magic and sparks, you yeah. know, and that's when the magic really does happen. When someone's like, is this going to be my husband? I'm going to go to this you know, that's when yeah. it's like very intense and not, you know, <laughs> no. the energy is not good. <laughs> Aww.
0: It was so fun hanging out with you. So fun hanging with you. How are you feeling? I'm great. (laughs) I'm feeling really good. And I mean, it's hit me, but still not like fully So So when's the due date? August 5th. Oh my God.
1: So is that a Leah?
0: Yeah. (gasps) Could be a cancer or a Leah. We'll see.
1: And yeah, you never know, because Omni's birthday was supposed she was supposed to be a cancer and she's a gemini so you never know oh my gosh yeah. when's her birthday her birthday is june 21st the summer solstice oh my gosh that's david's birthday it is our art director no way it's the best <laughs> honestly birthday. i think it's the best birthday of all time ever it's really like this magical yeah very spiritual day
0: oh my gosh. and then it's
1: cool because the winter solstice is her half birthday yeah. and so you never can forget her birthday and no. it's always like a celebration and you always have to connect you know that's it's really so special. Cool. I know it is pretty cool. Aww. I I think she has a good birthday too. Yeah, and yeah. Gemini's are awesome because I'm a Gemini. Are you a Gemini? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is awesome. I think so. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always so curious. I'm like, what are you going to be like? It's just so interesting to see her open up and like become curious. a person. It's yeah. the coolest thing. Just
0: gonna be curious. Curious. What What are Gemini's like? Curious okay. and like two faced.
1: No <laughs> <That's> kidding. <laughs> the twins yeah, yeah yeah
0: no it's all it's all good i mean there that's the thing about all the different signs and i'm super into astrology mm-hmm. i love it mm-hmm. but you just know when you're in alignment mm-hmm. like there's really no good or bad sign it's yeah, all about the it's true and working finding, with
1: what you got yeah. like working with what you yeah
0: because there's good things about all yeah
1: of exactly it's just when you're out of balance and those when they get intense and when things get in the way yeah
0: and so it's fun to work with like the ayurvedic methods and then the, bring in the astrology and bring in yeah. chinese like yeah. medicine and like whatever Chinese
1: astrology. Like your blood type. All these things that like are your blueprint for for alignment like what the best thing is for you. And we're so lucky to know all that. Yeah. And have access to all that. So it's so true. Yeah. We are really blessed to be able to like really it's funny that we don't like we're not born knowing that. We have to like research it and find it out and hire someone to tell us. You know, you would think it'd just be like I know. know. It probably is. We just like need to listen. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I wonder, though, it's like if you crave meat, like in your blood type of lines and all that. You know? Totally. So, Have you so, done so.
0: your human design? I haven't. What's that? It's like another thing. And I just found out about it from Lacey Phillips. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, Dara Dubonnet also. I don't know if you know her, yeah. but she's like no. a raw food chef and oh, super cool. into feng shui. Cool. I think you guys would love each other. but. They are both super into human design and it's all about like, mm. oh my gosh, you need to do it. You what have to report it? back to me. <laughs> Tell me. Because you can be like a generator, mm-hmm. manifestor. Uh-huh. Um, there's like four different things. What are the oh, other ones? I think ones? I've heard of
1: this. For, it's like P-I-P. Oh, um, yes, yes. It's like a personality test that you do online. Yeah. I think I've done it before with Brian. Manifestor You can, you can get it for free online. Yeah, like, I think we design. did it online before. I can't it's remember what good. I was. I'm
0: like deaf. I don't know what I am, but Donald Trump <laughs> is definitely a manifester.
1: Oh, my God. That's
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining the name. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, It's so bad.
1: But we always joke oh about how. Oh, like, my God. W- yeah. 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 We live in a weird, a very weird world. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a simulation of some crazy video game. I know. Do you believe that? Like, it's a simulation? What like, you think? The Matrix or something? Yeah, like, you know how Elon Musk thinks that this is, like, a video game? Oh, my God, no. He, he does not. Yeah, he thinks this is all a simulation, that this is, like... For who? Just, like, it's, like, one version of a reality, reality. that's, like, I mean, a video game. I mean, I could totally game. see that. Sometimes I honestly feel like I'm in my, vid- my own video game. Yeah, like, well, like, because all the different trajectories that you yeah, could have taken. Exactly, and it, it's interesting, like... Brian believes that, that everything is sort of happening just on different planes. So it's like, you, you know, those really close calls. It's like when you could have like totally gotten in a car accident and you dodged and you're like, how in the world? And it's like, in one reality, you that got in a happened. car crash. And then in this reality, you didn't, you know, and it's yeah. like all the different realities are playing out, but you just happen to be in this one. So crazy. it's a really crazy, like very mind trippy thing. But yeah, when you really go into it, there could be a million, you know, or just dreams. When you go into the dream world, and it's so real, and you like revisit the same places in your dream, it's like who's to say that's not, yeah, you know, just as valid an existence as this is. Because your mind can't really tell the difference. No,
0: which (laughs) is so crazy. Yeah,
1: and if we really can create our own reality, you know, it's like it's so crazy. It's pretty nuts. I know. I, I want to start doing more research um, on dreaming and lucid dreaming because I feel like there's so many interesting things you can actually do in those hours.
0: Yeah. Because so,
1: when you have a great dream, there's like nothing like it, right? It's yeah. so awesome that you get to like just go into a whole different realm
0: mm-hmm. and have
1: access to a whole different, you know. It's like
0: inception. Exactly. It's so cool. We're, our next issue is on dreaming. Really? Yeah. Vi- no we way. can't decide what to call it yet, like visions or oh. dreams or whatever but that's kind of what we want to look like, I love look at. that yeah. there's so much in there yeah to explore absolutely
1: there's so much so you'll have to do a lot of research yes no I want yeah. to <laughs> how cool like how cool would it be to be a dream specialist you I know? know that's actually like Carl Jung is you know very big on mm-hmm. dreams and he also had like one of the first art therapy um like of like textbooks like wow. you know like just more like um Yes, yeah, studies on art therapy and mandalas and all of that, but it's actually very related to like the unconscious, which is your dreaming world. So, and that's the other thing with art therapy is it taps into that place as well. Art making in general does. We need to do an art therapy yeah. workshop. It'd be honestly, so honestly, it's so. It, uh, I'm doing one on Valentine's Day Aww. yeah, um, at Loom. You know, Erica. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been inside come. yet. It's so beautiful. You should, it's so yeah. beautiful. You should come to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we should do one too. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Let's plan on yeah, it. Yeah, I would love that. Well,
0: yeah. thank you. Thank you for
1: having me. This is so I nice. And thank you for the matcha. You. Yeah, of
0: course.